Hi, I'm James. And I'm Drew. And welcome to Graphic Support Group, a mindful podcast for the design industry and the self, where empathy and the creative cloud meet. Join us as we delve into the mind and soul of graphic design, from PSDs to PTSD. This is Graphic Support Group. Eskenazi, uh, our good friend. He is a type designer and graphic designer based in Providence, Rhode Island right now. He's also uh, raised the MFA. Uh, he was in the three-year program with Drew. That's where we all met. Uh, currently, he's a type designer for Occupant Fonts, uh, which he's been working there since graduating in 2017. Uh, but Jem does a lot of other things, including teaching, his own graphic design practice, and uh, originally he hails from Turkey. So we're really excited to have Jem here. Uh, Jem, do you want to introduce yourself, maybe add a few things? Um, actually, you did a really, really great job. But yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, Jem Eskinazi here. I don't know what to add to that, actually. You, you really summarize <laughs> what I do. Type design, graphic design, teaching. He wears a lot of different glasses. I wear a lot of different <laughs> glasses, yes. <laughs> but that's also because your grandpa is an optometrist? No, my grandpa is a dentist, actually. A good memory. Though. His grandpa has all the sweaters that he wears. Yes, and he has the sweaters. Yeah, so I have many sweaters. Yeah. Vintage yeah. sweaters. Cool. So where does the eyewear come from? The eyewear come from my dad, I think. Yeah, he... He, like his philosophy is like, you can't have one pair. You should have like many pairs. It's kind of like a passion thing, not like a utility thing. So he, he like proudly passed that on to me. Sounds like a way to see through different lenses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so let's get into it, guys. Um, I guess the brief that we did send you was uh, our favorite topic, uh, your, your design career trauma uh so yeah let's open up with that well you know i mean i didn't really actually think about a specific thing but i i thought about this part of the process that is always traumatic for me which also uh happened with me and drew's project as well um and i was thinking about your prompt and i thought the most challenging like emotionally challenging place of a project is after the project is done for me actually and that's interesting now i have to like go back and like open all of that up and uh, like document and not only that but like share this on instagram and like there's that kind of like pressure of like putting it out there but the project is already done and like i'm psychologically like moved on and now i have to like go and like dive into all of those like anxieties and everything that i had during all like during the making of it you know I you need to I, I, sort of revisit them. Exactly. I mean, that that's really hard, especially if it's a long project. And like the Drew and ours collaborations have been like the vernacular spectacular show that we curated together. Uh, that was like a really long project. That's a good example of a project where I get really burned out and I want to move away from it as far as possible immediately. Um, other examples include like if I make books, when I receive the final print, 
like everything is done and that's kind of like my shipment i feel like i don't really want to see that book for at least like i don't even want to open it because like i i, I want to get away from it a little bit you know and that's like a really 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 hard thing for me let alone there's that pressure of put it online and like document it beautifully blah 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 i think that's such a like contemporary problem too this like need to self-promote and it doesn't afford you that distance from the work uh that you know normally i think you should have i think like i don't know i mean let's kind of unpack that that sort of anxiety revisiting anxieties like what is it that bugs you the yeah most? i mean to, to follow up with that i'm just curious if, if you consider the process mostly anxiety inducing like or is it i mean obviously there's some moments you enjoy but I think that's most of it, right? Because uh, I think the projects themselves, to me, are like emotionally challenging always, like doing it alone. And um, I don't know, design, like, although I've been doing this for a very, very long time now, um, it still feels like it's my first project or something. So I'd still get the same anxiety in like all of these projects. And there's like certain frictions that happen. during making of the projects like starting for example uh, there are these anxieties of am i going to be able to figure it out blah 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 right and then like when you're doing the iterations they're going to be failures obviously that's part of the process and like when those failures come in you have to pull yourself out and keep pushing you know until you hit that one good idea and then your mood changes all of a sudden to my to like oh my god i'm rocking the world i'm the best designer or something like that but until you get into that um, until you get into that you're like oh i suck like i should quit this job or something right so like there's that emotional wave happening roller coaster yeah exactly and like dealing with the clients and all that does the final product bring you right back to that first stage of like oh i'm gonna fail at something i think the final product is just like a basically a collection of all of the hardships that happened during that like huge time and i need like that distance in order to like kind of like heal a little bit or something like that i'm like oh my god like that happened like it was it was it was amazing but it, it was also painful in some times too where i mean it should right. be like not it should be but like that's kind of part of the creative process, right? So right. It, it brings you back. And then I think it's a double trouble, right? Because there is that, as you said, there's the um, the distance issue and then there's a the social media issue. So like those are two separate issues that um, kind of feed in, feed like back and kind forth. Kind of feed into each other, yeah. Exactly. I'm curious actually about your type design because those are projects that like, you know, last like a year or two. Um, I have two questions about that, but first let's sort of unpack the the feelings that you have immediately finishing and launching a typeface. Um, that's a really, really great question because right now actually I'm going through a very similar phase. I'm working on this, on uh, a design that is completely my own. So there's that also additional pressure as well. Like it's it's my design, it's not a production job. And I've been working on this for, more than a year. I mean, at at this point, like it started maybe two plus years ago. And at this point, it went through so many iterations and like it got massaged like slowly and like cooked super slowly, right? And I'm at a point where I'm like, oh my God, 
I'm done with this project. I can't, I can't massage it more and more. But since it's type design and there's a lot of complications, even at this stage of the project, which is like I'm 99.5% done, there are some complications that need me to come back with a fresh set of eyes and stuff like that, which is really, really hard. So like I've already hit that point where I want to distance myself. I mean, it almost seems like in a project like that where you're so it's so granular and so micro you almost need like a month off and then to come back and be like, Oh, that like, there's like a kink there that I didn't notice. Or you know what I mean? Like, I don't even see how it's even possible to finish a project like that point. Like I could work on it for a, another year, like finding those super little kinks or whatever. I mean, uh, you can refine it, but the returns are going to be smaller and smaller and smaller at that point, you know? So at some point you have to pull the plug. Wednesday and the files have been packaged and sent. You have met the deadline and relief pours in with the sunlight. Looking up from your computer, you notice the window and the world beyond it. Stand up and stretch, raising arms overhead as you inhale and exhale. Stare out the window, noticing the blue sky, and free yourself from intention. Release yourself from judgment. Trust your intuition, the source of your inner light. Look out the window again, then look inward. Find contentment. Be at peace, knowing tomorrow will be much the same. A new deadline and continued growth. Here's the other thing that happens. That trauma kind of heals after a while, right? So mm -hmm. um, after I can get that distance, um, I don't really see these projects as a like a traumatic experience. And I think this happened with the vernacular spectacular that me and Drew worked on too. And I don't know, Drew, how you felt about that, but it was a very involved, a lot of moving pieces, very detailed, um, like tens of pieces to execute that has to go together with each other and a lot of coordination and administration um and also we got emotionally really involved with the project too because our names were like super important for that not every project that like is important is very personal like that 
but that one was especially hard because our names were involved. So you're, we're putting extra work into it or we're, we're more self-conscious about it. Um, now, when I look back at that project, I really, really miss those times. And I don't really like actually remember the bad times. I, I always remember it like, oh my God, that was like an yeah. amazing collaboration. You know, I look at the ephemera, I'm like, well, we killed it or whatever. Um, but at the time, it was even traumatic for me to actually go into the show. Like when it was open for a couple of weeks, I like, I didn't actually really want to go in there because I was like, I'm too scared to face it right now or something like that, you know? Well, for our listeners, the background is Jem and I, in our final year of the MFA program, put on this gallery show um, called Vernacular Spectacular, which being two graphic designers in our thesis year with like sizable egos and like very, uh, very intense uh, perspectives on design at that point we really tried to like go a thousand percent and like every aspect from the promotion to like how the show was displayed had like something thoughtful, I would say, maybe perhaps too thoughtful. Uh, I actually had the benefit of working with Jem, who's sort of very trustworthy and somebody you can, you don't really have to worry about letting you down. <laughs> so it probably was harder for him because there are probably some <laughs> things where he was like, is Drew going to like let this slide or whatever? But I kind of knew that Jem was going to carry us over the finish line if I, if I fell in certain areas. But I think we both carried our weight. But that was honestly the most traumatic thing for me was like, am I just like not good enough? Like I'm not, we're very different designers and we both bring like very different things to the table. So a lot of it was also just like trying to make, make sure the other person felt like respected and like, taken care of too because you know he's super detail oriented and he has like a lot a higher bar for like um kind of systems and things than I did at the time especially and like you know just me kind of letting things slide or being like oh that doesn't matter we don't need to do that and like some of those kind of conversations where it's like come on like let's just like give ourselves some slack but then like knowing that it was probably me just being lazy or something like wanting. So I think I learned a lot from that process too. And I think I also learned how to like use my sort of more, maybe not laid back is not the right term, but like my looser approach to sort of level out some of those. Uh, I think we both tried to like play to each other's strengths. And I think in that instance, like there were times where Jem actually wanted to like get looser and I was like, we should chill out. Like the hard part was just like not wanting to like let each other down, honestly, which is kind of weird. Cause there was like a whole audience right, right. and like, it was a big, big thing. Like it turned out to be very, and James was in the show. Actually, we forgot about that. Um, this is cool. Cause it also goes back to what we were talking about last episode about like design being relationships the the traumatic part actually so i'm gonna connect all of these together in a second is when you get so emotionally involved and with the vernacular spectacular we had this kind of like deep relationship to a point where um people that did not know us thought that we were dating because we had to be together all the time <laughs> we were kind of dating so around the campus we were kind of like Exactly. I mean, we 
we were in this like really weird relationship for a, for a couple months there because we had to, I don't know, coordinate our lives uh, so that we can carve out as much extra time as possible. That adds a lot of, um, you have to make so much compromises, both Drew and I, I and I had to, to tolerate a lot of stuff. And the more you tolerate, the more you, um, your threshold of like patience kind of gets like filled up, right? <laughs> right. And that's that's like where you hit the trauma point. Mm -hmm. And if I ever pass that point, then that project becomes traumatic. And like when the project ends, I want to have a huge distance uh, with right. that. And this this happens in a really different way in like the isolated workspace in type design uh, because there's not that relationship. So the whole pressure is just on me, I feel like. And there, there are a lot of there are a lot of times that because of also COVID, I don't have immediate access to my coworkers and Cyrus. And when I was when we were in the office, when when we got stuck, I could immediately turn my computer monitor and be like, "Hey, June or Marie, you know, like, what about what do you think about this thing?" Or like, "I have this problem," or something like that. Um, now I can't really do that. Um, which is a annoying and b sometimes very um, hard to deal with emotionally too because uh, some of these problems that I have to solve I don't actually really know how to solve them which mm -hmm. is actually like the kind of like the nightmare scenario it's not only that you have a problem but you also have to learn how to solve the problem you know, and this is not a type design specific thing, but this I, I'm sure this happens in design too. Like you, you want to produce something and you've never produced, you've never used that specific material, let's say, you know, and then like, that's very, for me, those things are pretty hard to deal with, especially alone. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's sort of, for me, at least, I sort of always try things that I so only sort of know how to do. Which I think you could probably attest to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm usually trying to do something that I've never fully done before because that's where the fun for me is, but it's also like anxiety inducing. So it's like, you know, it's a problem I've never really solved before, but that's why I want to solve it. Cause otherwise, it's like, why would you do a puzzle that you've done like a hundred times before? You know, I feel like that maybe that's what you're talking about too. It's like, like, yeah. And I think like Drew, you and I have similar personalities in that sense. When we're at that very uncomfortable situation, it's like we we take it on, but it there's a lot more friction, and we learn how to navigate that friction. I feel like James, you you seem a lot more chill about those. <laughs> I like causing the problems. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, my design process is like so anxiety riddled yeah. to begin with that. Um, like I'm sort of like a bull in a china <laughs> shop. Um, I, I think uh, Drew and I actually talked about this at, on a, in a different conversation, but um, like for me, for a long time, uh, design was about building up a level of anxiety until I get productive. And then I also have this complex, this sort of like um, stigma about myself, about not being yeah. detailed oriented enough. So instead of like perfecting the details, I just like smatter my design with a ton of like details so that you're not focused on one. Yeah, I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> and like lately, 
Yeah, like lately, I mean, it's worked out for me for sure. But lately, I've been trying to embrace those sort of mistakes and like build off of them, which takes like, I don't know, it's taken me a lot of sort of faith in myself. And also like uh, a friend of mine recently, we have this sort of like critique group. Um, and she was actually like pointing out that like those mistakes are like a point of honesty and that like there's a genuine quality to showing those those vulnerabilities. And that was really like, you know, helpful for me to sort of understand how my perspective brings something new to like issues of anxiety and like presenting myself as like not perfect, which was super helpful for me. What? One of the things that I wanted to talk about during this, I think this is an interesting way to bring this up, is I've been talking about this idea with my therapist of 60-40, which I mentioned to Jem, or to James earlier today. And I feel like it's a really good thing for design. It's like a good metaphor for design because I feel like advertising is 40-60 where it's like 40% you as the worker and 60% the client or something like that it's like what the like you're really trying to win for the client and like it's what the client wants and like it's profits and these types of things and I think like design is like 60-40 where it's like 60% you as the designer and 40% focus on the client is gonna like maybe I mean this is a bad this is like not super scientific but I just thought it was interesting because my therapist was saying like when you put 60% emphasis on paying attention to yourself and 40% on other people people actually notice that like you're calmer because you're more centered and more like attuned to yourself which calms them down and makes them believe in in you and trust you Um, so I wonder if there's any a I wanted to give us all a chance to like try to be 60 40 for the rest of the segment and see how that turns out but also if we could talk about how like 60 40 relates to uh like the design practice or like i mean when working with clients but also i don't know about type design how that that like 40 percent goes to like how will this be used or like how <laughs> that kind of thing or but i think it was interesting I mean, this is like one of, you know, this is, this is really funny because when you sent the prompt, initial prompt, one of the design challenges, one of the things that I thought was related to this 60-40 thing, I mean, I don't know how closely it relates to, but like, um, I've faced many projects at this point and I'm, I'm learning to do this better and better where like, um, people keep choosing my least favorite option (laughs) from the design proposals. Um, I found those to be good learning moments at the time. When I hear the reaction, most of the time I'm like, oh, like I think they're a little bit right. Like I kind of missed the point here because like I, 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 I went overboard or something like that, you know? But with, with all the pressure that you put on yourself, because it seems like you do put a lot of pressure on yourself and that's where a lot of the anxiety comes from is like, so how do you then like feel comfortable with flexibility? Like it's sort of like this Zen thing where it's like, how can you be both like hard on yourself and put tons of pressure on yourself and want to do like the best work possible, but at the same time be fine with the fact that like you could fail miserably. 
Well, I've been thinking about this today. Um, like every project that I do is like a high anxiety project, I think, because of this. And I don't know like how I can continue doing this for like 30 more years or something, you know, because it's like, it's affecting my physical health at that point, you know, because I feel scared and I feel like I'm going to fail and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, I'm trying to remind myself like this is probably the anxiety will probably go down as I gain more experience. And like, as I go through these situations, you know, well, I was just going to say like, this happened to me with like form making, you know, like quote unquote, it's like a huge thing, but like as a three, three year student, like we, we don't have a lot of formal training coming into RISD and like, we have all these like anxieties about like, well, we're not as like trained and like, we don't know how to draw and stuff like that, or we don't even know the, like that kind of creative process. Right. And it it Mm -hmm. could be really scary, but the more you go through, the more you see that, the more you push towards the unknown, you always come out of the other side of the tunnel, like no, right. no matter what happens. And at first it's re- really scary. The second time it's super scary. Fifth time, 10th time, it's really scary. But then you collect the moments of like, I've been here before, you know, like I failed before and I came out of the other side. I just need to like believe myself that this is going to happen again because yeah. it happened 100 times. So in the making part, I've kind of developed this methodology of like, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm going to fail. So like, if I'm feeling really down that day, or like, if I'm feeling really anxious, I don't even like work that day because like, mm-hmm. if, if there's like this kind of form making task, because I know that I'm going to fail first and I can't psychologically take that failing. So I need to prepare myself. When you say fail though, what do you, what do you mean by that? Because I think like one thing that's interesting is like, in school and specifically like we we've all seen people just like push themselves to like their physical limits to do like something so unimportant in the grand scheme of things like you know these these are not like life or death (laughs) projects we're not like doctors or anything but we take it very seriously because there's a lot on the line there's a lot of money on the line getting us into these programs there's a lot of like kind of cultural cachet that we're like seeking which is like intangible like there's just a whole lot of like intangible shit uh but i'm curious what Mm -hmm. a failure is because at this point in my career which is not very long but like i don't really i think failure is just when i'm not putting in enough effort or when i'm not like and where i don't feel like Mm -hmm. i've really thought about it enough or like you know, because sometimes the, this, the idea can be simple and very easily executable. And I still, it's still a great idea and it still turns out great, which is something I've struggled with a lot, like yeah. minimalism and these kinds of things or like doing something quickly, but that it looks like unfinished on purpose. Uh, so what would be like a failure and, and what are you like, what are you working for? Like, what is the like goal that you seek? Because yeah, I think that that's, something that like would be helpful for people to hear just from like different perspectives too. I think failure is like, unfortunately it has a negative connotation, but it's just part of the process. So like, I don't actually really see it as a like super negative thing. Um, 
to me, it's when I'm doing a lot of different experiments. So like, for example, when I start a project, um, let's, I mean, of course it varies on what kind of project it is, but let's say it's like a poster thing, right? And like, this is where, when that happens, I immediately start with like, if I'm doing artboards or whatever, or like if I'm doing hand-drawn stuff, I, I start with like 20 pages of space so because i know that i'm I'm going to go through the 20 iterations thing uh, Mm -hmm. to find to find like what's working and what's not working like i i don't really have a vision and i try to execute that i i like to see it as like a clay so i put a bunch of clay in the artboard or like in in my drawing thing and i start sculpting that right Mm -hmm. and the failure mode is there's a long time there's that time Sometimes this could be a couple of days. Sometimes it could be 10 minutes where like it doesn't work, you know, and you lose self-confidence. Like the things that come out of the experiments are like 99% really, really bad. But then that's not a failure then, is it? Because it's uh-huh. part of the process. Or it's like those, those failed experiments are just like uh, kind of like a warm up or like some sort of like exercise. Right, right. So maybe failure is not the right word, you know? Maybe it's like this part of the process where you're still working on it and like you, you right. still didn't get there, but... I mean, has there been a project where you were like, at the end of it, you were like pissed off, like at either yourself, the client, or like the entire thing. And like, it was, it felt like a, a failure. Like, I don't like the word failure, but I, I think if we're using that word, like, was there ever a project that you worked on that like traumatized you where at the end you were like actively angry or upset or disappointed with yourself, the client or the end result? Um, I mean, I, I was involved with one project pre RISD actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not a design project, but it was this like long form documentary thing that I did with a couple other people. And that was a project where it, it ended up going to a place where I was really, really not happy with. And the way I, I basically told them, like, I basically told my team to like remove my name from the thing in, in wow. the end. It, it came to that point because I, I was, it was a long project and I knew it wasn't working. And like at the 75% of the project, the rest of the team said, we have to finish this. Um, so at the 75th percent, I had to make the decision of like, I'm going to help you fit. I'm going to help you finish this because I know that like you need the help, but I'm not going to put my name under it. What were the things that like led you to that? Or like what, what, like, so that you could avoid getting into that situation again, or like how you set yourself up for like a more positive experience. What were the things that led to that feeling? Like, and why, and why was it like not solvable? Like how? Like, do you think you you would figure out a way at this point to like, kind of avoid that or not get to that point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was experience. Like, I that that was like really. I mean, this was like ten years ago or something. Budget problems, experience, and uh, I was working on like so many constraints that everything like added up to an impossibility um at this point especially in my work like 
thank God I learned like what's executable and what's not executable where like I don't really take a job where I feel like it's not I don't see it as an yeah. executable obviously you know um, at that point I, I, I'm realizing like I've signed up for a project that I was never able to pull off to a standard that I put myself to you know um, yeah but in terms of, I guess like in terms of trusting yourself which I which was something that I was like trying to get an answer I was trying to figure out how to explore that like how do you you know as like I've seen you work in grad school and I haven't seen you since but I do know that you put a lot of pressure on yourself and like it's sometimes hard to watch you work because I see like how anxious <laughs> or like how serious you are about like getting somewhere good so what is it that like allows for you to actually get there despite like because do you think you could get there without all that pressure or do you think the pressure is necessary like do you think if you alleviated the pressure and were just like kind of more relaxed and trusted yourself without the anxiety, you would end up somewhere good also? Or do you think it is, do you have a, a feeling that like that anxiety or that pressure is actually what's like getting you to that finish line? I haven't had like, I've had panic attacks in grad school because of that stuff. And as more as I like, the more I, pro the more projects that I complete, the less anxious that I get. Um, but I, I was really scared because like, I didn't know if I was able to pull it off. Like in grad school, we like, and today too, like we're surrounded by so much yeah. amazing designers, you know, and it's all like up in your face. And we have all, like all of us have like aspirations and we, we all know what like good design kind of, um, constitutes for ourselves you know like my understanding of good design might be different than yeah. yours or like good work and this is not only like formally it could be idea wise conceptually and stuff like that and this is kind of the the part that is really hard is like i think this happens with you as well but like we we read a lot we look at a lot of work we we analyze a lot of work you know and we see a lot of amazing people. We we also have good mentors too. So we want to kind of like live up to that moment, forgetting sometimes that these people are like 40, 50 years old sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, but like, especially in school, like when you're just starting out, your skill level is just here, but your vision is like yeah. five miles high, you know? But like your skills never like live up to your vision, you know? And that's when like the anxiety kind of sets. I, I think for me, that's where like uh, for a while, my vision exceeded my skills. And like that was, that's like what actually was mm -hmm. producing that fear, you know, like. Like more existential almost. Like we were talking about this last time where it's like when we were in our first jobs and we were trying, we were like, <laughs> I was saying like, if I don't make something amazing now, I'm always going to be making like mediocre work but like the client is like right, so right. sure about like a law firm in James's case in Connecticut mm -hmm. or New Hampshire or whatever. Uh, yeah. he's, he's like trying out some yeah, like experimental stuff. I think, yeah, I think it's sort of the 60, 40 thing, not to just keep bringing that up, but like centered, calm, collected, like you can't fail under those, you know, unless you're like, unless you really don't believe in yourself, like I think like some people, like, I don't know. I used to struggle this, with this, just feeling like when I'm, when my guard is down, 
and I'm not feeling anxious, that's when I'm I'm going to make mistakes. But I think that that has like been so debilitating right. and so bro- such a broken way of looking at things. Like I think like your yeah. goal in design especially, which is something that requires a lot of creativity and open-mindedness and curiosity both in yourself and somebody else and in something else like you can't uh be too guarded like otherwise you're just yeah yeah but that's why it's interesting to me that jam is so good at what he does and has always like like watching him work in grad school or just hearing a little bit more about like the anxiety that comes with his process like how it always ends up looking fun or like it looks like you had a fun time. It always looks like you had a good time. You're always excited about it at the right. end. Like I've never seen you present work where you're like not excited about it to the point where I'm like, how is this guy so excited about his work? But like, I know that he wasn't excited the whole time, you know, like, so I'm curious about like what yeah. happens there, like how you sort of like, whether, you know, you, there is a point I think in your process where it shifts from anxiety to like, adrenaline or something like but when does that happen it does it does and that's like i think that's why i'm in this in this uh profession still is because i'm experiencing those shifts and like that reward is so big Mm -hmm. for me like i I mean i think it's kind of like a pendulum swing right like i'm i'm on like an extreme on the anxiety but like when i find an idea or like this idea could be conceptual, but also like a visual idea that that I'm happy with, and like it's it's working for the thing that I'm trying to accomplish. Then the joy mm-hmm. that I get is so much that like now I'm like I almost become a different person, and that switch mm-hmm. happens in like one second. You know, yeah. like as soon as I see it on on the computer, or like if if I re- realize in my mind, oh my god, like this is it, like this is what I was looking for, and then it all it like becomes super fun and then the rest of the project is like like super comfortable and i'm just like really joyful and like going through the thing and executing blah 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 up until that point is like extremely painful so um sometimes i don't get to that sometimes i don't get to that joy point till the very end support now we love hearing from the design community call us at 202-507-9158 please share your story with us after the tone we'll do our best to respond on our podcast please leave a name or alias design role and location thank you for your call
terms of talking about experience, like I think over time, and this has actually only happened recently, it's like that anxiety used to be the fuel, but now I think it's like the source of the inner voice kind of checking me. Um, and then the work becomes the sort of vehicle in which that I can solve that anxiety. Whereas before, like the anxiety was the pure reason yeah. to do something. Um, so I think that shift for me has been relatively, it's been really comforting, actually. It's like not that I've grown confident, but I've learned to yeah. sort of trust myself. Um, I feel that too, which is really annoying. Like, for example, there's a deadline, right? Like, and the reason that I'm sitting and like doing the work is because of like enough anxiety has built and I have to deal with it. And the only way to deal with it is to do the work at that point. But I can't really start the project until I have a good amount of anxiety pressuring me, you know? Yeah, but that, that anxiety is is a different thing. Like, I think, like, there's this thing that happens to me where it's, like, the procrastination is just, like, I don't want to think about that yet because I don't want to deal with the fact that I might fail. But I, but it has nothing to do with that project at all. Like, it has... It's it's that I haven't put any thought into the work yet, and the idea of opening that up could become like a problem. But once you actually spend time on a project and like pay attention and like read things and like look at the client's work and like you get that gets exciting, and then you're like, oh, I, I want to make something, and then you're not procrastinating. Right, right, like right. it's not like once exactly. you dig in, you're gonna be like, I can't do this. I'm just gonna stop. Like. <laughs> You know, maybe you spend like five seconds, you're like, oh, I'm not in the mood to, it's like, you're not in the mood to dive into the project. But once you dive in and you're in the right mood, like you're never going to really, you know, you probably shouldn't take on a project where you're so unmotivated to dive in that like you never start. Uh, Right, right. Which I think is why I've, I've been procrastinating a lot lately. And I think it it always has to do with my own insecurities. It has nothing to do with anything else. Like whether it's a job application or something like that, like in the past, just like, I I don't do things that I am not sure how to do. And I think I'd rather like draw like random crap on a sketch sketch pad and like not care where it goes than like know that I have to deliver something at the end of the day. Like this, this is going to reflect on me. Yeah. It's like for the client nagging you, it's like yourself nagging your, you know, yourself to like either do or not do something. Yeah. I actually have one really pressing question about the way you work, Jim. And I'm not sure if you still do this, but I was always curious about this in the studio. It's like around midnight, you like go down to the convenience store and buy some yogurt. And then you come back. We have like this big communal table. And I always found like those moments for you were like some some important processing time. Like, uh, it was a communal table, but, like, the presence that you presented at the table when you're eating your yogurt was, like, this is gem time. <laughs> I felt like there was, like a, like, a combination of, like, defeat and, like, like resign, resignation. Like, all right, like, it's time for me to eat this yogurt. Like, this project's got me. Like, I need to yeah. <laughs> You, you, you like I mean I think I think Drew you explained it pretty good like I think that's the time where I'm speaking to myself of like I need to put like it's it's midnight now and we're we're at that point at night where I have limited hours like I don't have 
this whole night ahead of me of like, mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. I'll do some experimentation. Like it's not that time anymore. It's the time that like mm-hmm. I have to put my foot down and decide mm-hmm. what's going to be in the project mm-hmm. and like need to execute it like in the next two, three hours, because I have like Doug Scott, like next morning at eight or something like that, you know? <laughs> like that's, that's, where that <laughs> yeah. that's where the like yeah. real adult gem comes in and be like, all right, you have to start <laughs> messing around. So would you say everything up until that point was bullshit? <laughs> I mean, like there was a lot of procrastination, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, or is it just the case that, like, when you make something your life and put too much pressure on it, you end up with, like, a very inefficient way of working and you're not bal- your life is not balanced right. and you're producing work that comes out of, like, anxiety and pain. Whereas, like, if you were to just take half of that time that you're feeling anxious and, like, go for a walk or a run or, like, like uh, go on a date and like maybe that would just make the work better anyways, because you're, you know, like we were talking a lot about pressure and then that, and I, I am interested in how a lot of professional designers and, or even teachers, like you're, you guys are both teachers. Like how, knowing that you've been through like a situation where you've been like really hard on yourself, not lived up to your own expectations, worked like 24 hours, seven days a week, like not slept, like, when I teach my students, like I want them to work hard, but I also want them to just take, be like realistic. And like, if something doesn't work out, like it's not the end of the world. Right. Like I'm not gonna, and like they, they should be having fun and like en- making things they enjoy. Like, I mean, I think I follow that philosophy for the most part, but like after a while, I kind of started to realize that like, it's not really my place to tell them how to live their lives. It's like my place to like, you know, teach them these skills. And maybe that's because I teach undergrad students where like they're pressurized already. Uh, but I'm curious, Chem, about like your experience advising and teaching grads, grad students. Like, uh, like I'm curious, like why they seek you and then sort of like what kind of experience you think you can provide having gone through that same thing pretty recently. I think in my class, I'm extremely relaxed. And I make it very, very clear that all of the responsibility is on the students. And I remind always to all of the students is that they have paid for that experience. They have bought this time. They've actually bought my time. So like I'm being paid by them to be there. So I try to reverse that or like equalize that power structure a little bit and say that like this is your time you know like and here is a brief from me a you don't have to fulfill this brief you could do your own project if you want and b um like i'm not going to push you to do that because like maybe you have other stuff going on and like that's your responsibility basically and so that's why i like working with the grads my only requirement is that they bring work because like if they don't bring work then they're kind of like not taking advantage. I I enjoy that kind of style of engagement and like kind of trusting them. And when I when you give the trust like that, I think the students feel like, oh my God, okay, like now the, all of the responsibility is on me. And I think that creates better work because then it becomes about not like fulfilling the the brief, but it's like 
oh, I can do whatever I want. Well, like I want to do this and these are my ambitions and like I'm expected to show my ambitions or something like that. And it creates a almost like a safer environment. And I, I, I truly accept all level of like experimentation as long as I see that they have put the time into the class. One of the things that we like to do on this podcast is sort of set up like a mantra to sort of uh, move us forward. Um, and on that note, I'm actually curious, like last time we talked, you were sort of at a crossroads with your career, sort of wanting to pivot in a different direction. So like what, you know, what is motivating that? And like, what kind of energy do you want to bring to that shift? The motivation is I've never taken a decision in my life that is about mm -hmm. my own kind of personal mm -hmm. needs rather than my career needs. So I've left my home when I was like 18 years old to like get this education. And then when, the, when that is done, I need to get this job. So like I, I moved, mm -hmm. like I stayed in Boston and then I moved to Providence for the mm -hmm. school. And then like I stayed here for the job mm -hmm. and then I did stuff for the visa, blah, blah, blah. So like I've, I've made a lot of decisions. Right because of external reasons and i've never had a chance or the luxury i mean i think this is a huge luxury that i like that i have right now so i, I have to acknowledge that to ask myself a question such as like well mm -hmm. like what kind of a city i want to live in for example you know like it doesn't even matter mm -hmm. what job i do like what kind of climate should it be you know like what kind of um like should I be close to my family? And like all of these other decisions that are completely um, like not unbound mm -hmm. from my work and like design mm -hmm. career. And like I've started mm -hmm. asking those kind of questions for the first time. And I think those are like, I, I'm, I'm letting those questions lead the life rather than the kind of design questions lead the life because I, I that also takes a lot of pressure off of the design work too well i was just gonna say it's it's interesting that like we were talking about like all the pressure you put on yourself and the anxiety about the work but like everything you're talking about now is moving away it's moving towards a more balanced sort of less pressurized way of working or looking at design which is probably just more maturity to be honest like then once you get more responsibilities you need to carve out time to enjoy yourself too and like you know do other things like have a partner or uh you know be close to your family or like be involved in other people's lives and so i don't know maybe there's something there too like the balance thing and the pressure exactly i mean the work is happening but life is going on you know and like i i I just turned 30 and like, all right, that's like another kind of milestone of like, I'm never going to be like 20 years old or whatever. And so like that happened pretty quickly in like, so that kind of like made me realize um, I'm not going to get younger or healthier, you know, like my health is going to become like more and more like, okay, not of course in the near future, obviously, but these are the times that like, I don't have a kid, you know, I don't have a lot of responsibilities. Like this is the time to like really take these risks, I feel like. So, um, I mean, I don't know, James, like you, you made an extreme move as well. So like you're, you're kind of a lot more experienced than me in this territory. Yes, I did. Yeah. 
but it's interesting it's like i feel like initially like i came here for a career but also like i kind of came here because i knew that seoul is sort of my hometown and then i think now it's shifting like how like for instance for example like the neighborhood that i live in now i came because my friends live here and that was more important to me even though it increased my like ridiculous commute like an extra 30 minutes but uh it was still worth it you know like and i think like now i'm trying to find those personal reasons to be here because like i've settled a lot of those career decisions and like speaking about speaking about isolation like the first two years i was here i was incredibly isolated and it wasn't necessarily bad it was very like i think it was like good to sort of decompress from grad school like be away Mm -hmm. from people and then also like it also helped me figure out like what kind of people i want in my life um like for example like i i explicitly avoided the like expat community here I kind of avoided the Korean American community here, of course, for my own biases, but it also sort of like made me evaluate, like, I want these kind of people in my life. And that sort of organically happened, which was great. Yeah. I mean, I think as you get older too, you like, you figure out where your center is and you have to take like big pendulum swings when you're younger to figure out where that is. And then eventually you like gravity, like finds, and then you can like step outside of the, like, you can swing a little bit like softer so what's your mantra Jim? what are you gonna are you a 60 40 kind of guy or are you uh more, you have your own do you have something you want to introduce i mean we did this year like in the new years we did like the new year's word like the word of the year for for every person and like mine was balance which which is really interesting because it like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think this episode is definitely a balanced episode (laughs) balancing relationships balancing your relationship to your work balancing like your relationship with your life like whether it's 60 40 or 50 50 or whatever the hell (laughs) yeah this episode also like revealed i mean drew and i worked closely so i i know him his like work style or like work psychology a lot better but like james from like we've sat across from each other for a long time in the studio and like you've always had this like really kind of put together like collected like very calm presence and <laughs> like talking about um like how much anxiety there was in that in those kind of processes like that's actually surprising to hear uh, because to me you always look like oh yeah like i'm just like riding this way like i'm just gonna like make this cool spread or something like that I think I always brought excitement, but that excitement like varied from the source of that excitement varied a lot. I think you also have a similar, you have a similar thing to me where it's like, in order to stay sane, you can't like be so hard on yourself because if you were, it would just not go anywhere. And like part of your process is like letting things kind of unfurl unexpectedly and like cleaning them up after the fact. Right, right. Uh which requires a sort of not zen quality but like a bit of like it's like two separate processes like first you just like open like you do like your gem 20 pages and just like throw everything on there and like you're like i'm not being critical of myself right now because like that's not going to get me anywhere but then you have to be critical later and i think the balance of that is also tricky so that's kind of where i see you as like you probably struggled with the other side of it yeah uh 
just like I do too. 